You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. Welcome to Prognosis. I'm Laura Carlson. It's day 298 since coronavirus was declared a global pandemic. Today's main story, as states struggle to piece together vaccine strategies without a coordinated national plan, some have resorted to web-based technology for logistical support. The result? They're lining up appointments using software that's better suited for arranging volleyball meetups than a historic public health campaign. But first, here's what happened in virus news today. Moderna's COVID-19 vaccine won the backing of the drug regulator in the European Union. That clears the way for a second weapon to stem the virus's winter resurgence in Europe. EU leaders are facing growing pressure to speed up clearance and deployment of vaccines as cases surge across the continent. The 27-nation bloc began immunizations last week with the Pfizer vaccine. But the pace of the rollout has been uneven. In England... More than one million people now have coronavirus. That's according to UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who unveiled official statistics from a government report on Wednesday. Rocketing case rates from the new virus strain mean one person in every 50 in England now has the illness. In London, the number is one in 30. Johnson vowed to speed up the government's vaccination program in order to eventually lift the latest lockdown. Finally, experts advising the World Health Organization on vaccine policies recommended against spreading the interval between two doses beyond 28 days. That followed a move by the UK to extend the period between shots to as much as 12 weeks in an effort to maximize coverage. Alejandro Craviato, chairman of the Strategic Advisory Group of Experts on Immunization, said in a statement that countries facing, quote, exceptional circumstances of vaccine supply constraints, end quote, can delay the second dose for a few weeks. But data on safety and efficacy after only one dose is lacking. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. 
It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. And now for today's main story. It's the most massive vaccine rollout in U.S. history. But many local governments are lining up patient appointments using web-based services better known for handling birthday party RSVPs and online yoga sessions. The patchwork of approaches to coordinating vaccines means that several Florida counties have deployed Eventbrite. Some Oklahoma governments dabbled with sign-up genius, and in some areas, vaccine seekers are kept on hold for hours on appointment hotlines, only to be disconnected. I spoke with Elise Young, who reported on the technological solutions states are turning to when coordinating their vaccine plans. Given the shaky rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines in the U.S., some areas have taken to, let's call them, unconventional means of allocating appointments for receiving the vaccine. I was wondering if you could just tell us a bit about some of these methods. Uh, it's been interesting across the country. Some local governments have chosen to run their own portal, uh, usually in conjunction with their COVID information page. Uh, some states have left it up to counties to take care of themselves. And counties have then turned to such services as Eventbrite or Sign Up Genius, uh, which people more typically use for things such as uh, potluck dinners, carpools, the sort of things that a, you know, a community would use. And, you know, what what has led really to to, you know, say either health systems, local governments adopting these, these, shall we say, as you said, more social platforms for signing up for vaccines? Well, it's odd because state governments largely haven't given too much information to people on which service to use. For instance, New Jersey has a vaccination sign-up page of its own. Uh, and then, uh, and that went live yesterday. And then it started to crash. Um, and then uh, counties have their own sign-up systems and their own vaccination sites. But we were, we're really not sure if you're a person who's seeking a vaccine, even if you're in that first group. Well, do I use the state service? Do I use Eventbrite? Do I use uh, the, the county service? Or do I call a hotline? I spoke to one woman whose 84-year-old father lives in Chattanooga in Tennessee, and he learned that 
there was uh, no sign up required, just show up. And he did. And he waited in line for, I believe she said, six hours. His car was 12th from the front when they were told they had run out of vaccine. Uh, this is a gentleman who has a heart and lung condition and who was relying on supplemental oxygen. And he was so fed up, he told his daughter, I'm not going back. I'm not doing this. I'm just going to wait until my doctor has the vaccine. And that's where I'm going. And is this perhaps a result that there is just so much demand and interest for these vaccines that they are causing these, say, more established or more state-run systems to crash? I must say it's puzzling because uh, governments, state and local governments have had many, many months uh, heads up that a vaccine was on the way. And it was easy for them to say and understandable for them to say early on, uh, with the testing effort that was falling apart, we've never had anything like this. Co-agents are scarce. There's uh, there's only so many laboratories that can process this stuff. And I think people understood that. They weren't happy with it, but they understood it. In this case, six months ago, we knew about Operation Warp Speed, and here comes a vaccine. And uh, just the other day in New Jersey, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy was saying, well, the rollout has been on the slower side because we don't have the personnel to do the inoculations. So we're asking retirees to uh, medical retirees to come in and do these inoculations. Well, did you or did you not know that vaccines were on the way? Why are we waiting now while we have this stuff in stock and ready to go? Why are we waiting now to ask folks to come forward and help out? In your opinion, do you think that this perhaps is a result of the rollout being pushed more to the state level rather than a, a larger federal oversight of this rollout program? In the state's defense, they've never done anything like this before. Um, and also, they've, there's been a clear leadership vacuum at the federal level. At the same time, some people are asking, well, where is the Federal Emergency Management Agency on this? It's helped in hurricanes, in natural disasters of all kinds, and there's been no sign of a FEMA presence, for at least that I'm aware of, uh, for vaccinations. Earlier this year, they were in hard-hit states like New York and New Jersey setting up uh, mobile hospitals um, that were used by, by folks who were, you know, coming out of uh, hospital care and not quite ready to go home. And it seems that FEMA has the expertise for something like this, even the military. But state governments are kind of throwing up their hands and saying, there's no playbook for this. And, you know, you mentioned some of the some of the platforms that the states are turning to, like Eventbrite. Has there been any mention of potential security concerns in using platforms like this that weren't necessarily meant for, say, distributions of vaccines? Well, this is another question that uh, we reporters have and have asked uh, Eventbrite and Sign Up Genius and similar services, and they haven't gotten back to us. Uh, my colleague tried multiple times. So we really don't know uh, what kinds of information they're collecting, who has access to it, whether folks are being asked to, say, disclose um, medical conditions. And the same goes for the state-based electronic 
uh, sites. How much information do I have to give exactly? And can any state employee take a look at, at my file and uh, learn what medications uh, I'm using? Uh, there is a HIPAA component here and we're not certain whether these sites comply. About these sites, as far as you know, the companies behind them, what is their perspective or what has their reaction been to their sites being used in this fairly unconventional way that they may not have foreseen a year ago? Some of the sites are actively courting uh, the vaccination effort. They're putting out posts that say, if you have vaccinations to give, uh, here's how we can be of service to you. Are others kind of pushing back and, and are not perhaps welcoming this, this use of their platform? Not that I'm aware of. The state of Oklahoma, though, early on was uh, an, an adopter of one of these online uh, sites. And, and then a few days later, they announced without explanation that they were not going to use one of these sites, that they had their own portal set up. And I don't know why that is. I don't know why they have abandoned that, if it's statewide, if it's just county by county. Governments haven't really been forthcoming with information on this. I mean, looking ahead, you know, we're in the very early days of vaccine distribution in the U.S. I mean, can we perhaps hopefully see these as essentially early growing pains as governments confront this immense logistical challenge. Um, going forward, do we think that there will be an increased reliance on these types of sites? Or do you think that the overwhelmed, um, say, state-run systems, websites, et cetera, are going to be able to kind of uh, meet this surge? And, and this really is a small hiccup in, in the road of vaccine distribution. I'm not sure whether this is a hiccup. Certainly part of the problem is that one of the vaccines must be kept super cold. So you do have an issue of you have to direct people to a site uh, where that sort of vaccine can be accommodated. But I wonder if maybe these signups are really a solution in search of a problem. If you tell folks if their last names start with A, B, and C to show up at this site on such and such a date and everybody line up, it could be as simple as that. We've all gotten a flu shot, right? We've all gone to our national chain pharmacy or our doctor's office and you're in and out. And if it's too crowded, you go back at a different time. Um, I'm not really sure how this appointment system is going to work. What happens if a whole bunch of people don't show up for whatever reason, whether or they just skip the appointment. And now we have a lot of this sensitive vaccine that must be put into an arm very soon after thawing. What if we have a lot of that lying around? I don't know what becomes of it. That was Elise Young. And that's it for our show today. For coverage of the outbreak from 120 bureaus around the world, visit Bloomberg.com slash coronavirus. And if you like the show, please leave us a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It's the best way to help more listeners find our global reporting. The Prognosis Daily Edition is produced by Topher Forges, Magnus Henriksen, and me, Laura Carlson. Today's main story was reported by Elise Young. Original music by Leo Sidrin. Our editors are Rick Shine and Francesca Levy. 
Francesca Levy is Bloomberg's head of podcasts. Thanks for listening. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. Listen to The Deal wherever you get your podcast, And watch on Bloomberg Originals, Bloomberg Television, or BTV+. Brought to you by Sherm, a better workplace, a better world.